0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in depth, long form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
1: Support for the Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at Florida'sEnergy.com.
0: T. obviously paying the creative mind that he is. You know, he came to me with some really unusual requests in times. I mean, even the Red Cup, you know, like that was one of the few requests that came with that song was that it has to be in a Red Cup.
1: I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. The musician t payne is a Florida native. The T actually stands for his hometown of Tallahassee. He's also a Grammy winner, auto-tune aficionado, NPR Tiny Desk Concert Giver, and now he's adding another title to his resume, author. Today we're chatting with the co-author of T-Pain's new cocktail cookbook. D-Shot! Grammy-winning musician T-Pain is known for his musical collaborations.
0: All I do is win, 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 no matter
1: But the Tallahassee native's latest project takes him out of the music studio and into the kitchen. It's a book of cocktail recipes called, wait for it, Can I Mix You a Drink? 50 Cocktails from My Life and Career. T-Pain's collaborator on the book is award-winning New York City mixologist Maxwell Britton. I recently spoke with Maxwell about what it was like working with T-Pain and how we can all add a little star power to the cocktails we mix at home. And Zest listeners have a chance to win a copy of the cookbook. We've got three copies to give away. For details, check out our social media pages. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Zest Podcast. Now, here's my conversation with Maxwell Britton.
0: I mean, first of all, it was just an amazing privilege to get to collaborate with him creatively. Obviously, he's he's a really amazing musician that everybody has great admiration for. And so, yeah, through um, a mutual publisher friend of ours, I was asked if I would be interested in co-authoring a cocktail book because my background is all in cocktails and spirits and hospitality. And I guess he was looking for someone like me to to co-author the book with him.
1: Love the name of the book. I have a, an advanced copy. It's called, Can I Mix You a Drink? 50 Cocktails from My Life and Career. So we'll get into the book and the cocktails and what we can all kind of learn from it. But what was your uh, experience with T-Pain before you collaborated on the book? Did you did you know anything about him? Were you a fan of his music?
0: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved his music. Him and then I are kind of the same age and, or close to the same age. So I feel like he was really popularized you know, kind of like early in my adulthood and late teens. And, um, you know, has always sort of played background music to all kinds of, you know, clubs and bars and, and hotels that I've been a part of in my career. Uh, my wife is a huge fan of his. You know, when we, were, when we began discussing the publishing deal, it was, you know, in sort of the height of the pandemic lockdown. So unfortunately, we, we actually never met in person over the course of writing the book. There was a lot of emails and Zoom calls and uh, stuff like that. But it was really cool to kind of go through that process, regardless, and and really spending time putting pens to paper, and then obviously creatively going through, you know, all of the songs and you know all of the cocktails that I felt you know would uh, would speak to you know these hit songs that he chose out of his catalog for the book, and then we finally met in person like about a month and a half ago for a promo that we were doing for the book, but we had not met in person up until then.
1: That is wild. I interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, in a past lifetime, when I was an entertainment reporter for the Tampa Bay Times, good guy, everyone, you know, is celebrating him with or without the autotune. Um, <laughs> the, the book has these cocktails with super fun names like I'm on a boat and all I do is win. So is every cocktail named after one of his songs? And then how did you go about matching those titles? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you start with the titles or did you start with the cocktails?
0: Yeah, this is a great question. It was definitely a very circular creative process, but we started out with a really good roadmap for us to follow. So obviously he he chose the songs out of his catalog that he felt were, you know, his greatest hits that spoke most about his journey as a as a music success. And uh, then we basically just started doing research and you know, we really tried to annotate everything as best as we could out of the songs. Um, So it included an interview process in the beginning where we would, we were able to ask questions about, you know, like what kind of spirits do you think are part of this song? And, you know, is there anything more about this story that, you know, that we can relate to a drink, you know, asking questions about, you know, the way that it was produced and any other kinds of backstories that we could add to the creative process of developing the drinks. And then of course, I spent a lot of time doing my own research on every single one of the songs. So by the time I got through that first stage, there was just a huge wealth of material for me to work with.
1: That's awesome. So for those of us who are not Grammy award winning musicians or professional uh, mixologists, you know, you've, you've got quite a few accolades yourself. How can we go about creating a cocktail that honors the experiences we've had? Because I do think that's a really cool idea. I think of things like a wedding or a birthday where someone might want to serve a signature cocktail. How would they even begin to uh, develop that?
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, it's a little hard to unpack. Uh, I, th- I mean, let's see if I can try. Um, well, I think, first of all, you know, these, a lot of these things, even all, all 50 of these drinks, they're, they're celebratory in nature and sort of the occasions that you're talking about. And so it really just comes down to, you know, distilling totally pun intended, distilling the, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the occasion and, and, you know, what it represents to that individual, the person that you're, the person that you're making it for, whether it's for yourself or the person that you're honoring, um, trying to get into their shoes and, and trying to understand, you know, what's personal to them, what kind of flavors are they into? What do they enjoy? And then. You know, from there, you do have to have just sort of a sort of a sense of drink formulas, you know, certain things that will work and won't work together. But at that point, you know, just sort of one component will will feed to the other. And then there's there's other aspects to that drink that should be featured according to the occasion. Maybe it's a garnish that's symbolic to one of the ingredients or to the person that's a part of it you know, obviously I'd say if it's like a big celebration, like a wedding or a birthday or a baby shower, obviously things like champagne and sparkling and refreshing drinks are, are always really fun and easy to do. Um, but really that was, that was pretty much, uh, in simple terms, what we, what I did with all of T-Pain's songs, which was just trying to relate as best, relate to the songs and to what his preferences and tastes and styles are. And, you know, I did my best to To represent that. And obviously that's a very tall order. And I've had a lot of tall orders as a career bartender, but this one was a really unique privilege.
1: What are some other tall orders you've had?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I think just a lot, you know, you have a lot of people that, that, you know, if you've been doing it for long enough and and you build the reputation of, you know, making acclaimed cocktails and bars, people have high expectations. And sometimes they just saddle up at the bar and think that you can pretty much make anything out of thin air, which you should kind of be able to do. But, um, you know, for me, I always try to just like steer people back towards my menus. You know, those are the things that I, you know, that I pour my, my blood sweat and tears into. And you know, I try to design them in such a way that there's, there's something there for everybody. And, um, you know, that's really, that's really what we did with these 50 cocktails. So I, I don't know if I can say, I, can, I don't know if I can call out, you know, any specific scenario where somebody asked me something that I couldn't do, For me, it's really just sort of creating, you know, helping somebody understand the hospitable environment that they're in and, you know, that I'm here to kind of like shepherd people towards, you know, what they want.
1: Is there a drink on your menu that represents your journey that would be in your book if you wrote one about your life?
0: I would say there's a lot of cocktails in this book that I feel um, really proud of that are really exciting that I think I I would definitely put on, you know, one of my own menus and Unfortunately, I had to close a bar that I owned uh, as a result of COVID, but I am currently working on finding a new location, and I definitely plan on putting at least a couple of these cocktails on the menu.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. So even though T-Pain is kind of the headliner on the book, you clearly have your DNA all over these recipes. So what are a few of the recipes that are some of your favorites?
0: I'd say the headliner is definitely Red Cup. It's literally a solo Red Cup and it's brimming from the top with crushed ice and fresh berries and sorbet and orange wheels and lemon zest. And so it's just this extremely opulent iteration of, you know, the classic hip-hop red cup, take on the red cup drink. So, you know, I wanted to represent as much as I could from what I know of, of red cup drinks and, you know, really put some of my own heart and soul into it. And also to me, like, sort of create more of an icon Sort of looking drink, you know, the red cups are very nondescript, you know, and as we all know, there could pretty much be anything in there. And so I really wanted to sort of take over the upper half of the glass and sort of create some more aesthetic real estate. So people, you know, when they see it walking by like, Oh my God, what is that? I don't even care. I want one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that was sort of one of, that was kind of the inspiration because it's really hard to, you know, so I I use the term glass, but it's, you know, it's plastic cup and and it's really, really hard to make drinks that that you can't see inside of, you know, you don't have quite as much to work with. And then another, another drink that I really loved working on with, with T-Pain was this drink, um, from one of his songs called flight school. And, you know, it's funny because it was in a lot of ways, we were talking about tall orders and, and really this was just like a long form bartender request kind of collaboration, which I've done in much smaller, much smaller spaces of time, you know, where you have a guest come and sit down at the bar and they say, Hey, you know, I really like to have things with lemon and whiskey and, you know, maybe a couple other components that I, that I can work with, you know, T-Pain obviously being the creative mind that he is, you know, he came to me with some really unusual requests in times. I mean, even the red cup, you know, like that was one of the few requests that came with that song was that it has to be in a red cup. There was another drink that we did called Flight School. And basically, he wanted to have a drink that features Jack Daniels' Tennessee honey. And um, he wanted it to be, you know, a drink that gives somebody the experience of sitting in first class in an airplane. And so I sort of took it a few steps further for people that might have been able to experience flying in first class or business class international they tend to have these really elaborate kinds of tea services, especially if you're flying from like New York to London. And so I wanted, their, I wanted it to be able to, to give somebody a drink that's not hard to make and somebody something that you could actually still order on a flight. It's a Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey with uh, English breakfast tea, um, which so it already has a little bit of sweetener in it, and then it just comes with a side of biscuits and a lemon twist. And it just looks really beautiful, and it's very simple, and a super tasty drink. Um, so it's sort of like the opposite in Red Cup, uh, but it really elaborates on all these different experiences that, um, that T-Pain alludes to in the song and kind of what he wanted people to see.
1: I love the way you're describing these drinks. I have not had the privilege of uh, flying business class or first class on an international flight, but maybe I can drink that and get a little taste of it. What do you think it is about drinks that are a good way to tell stories about our lives? Because I can imagine if you're a big music star, you're flying first class all over the world. I I can sort of close my eyes and picture that life for a little bit. Why do you think drinks are such a good vehicle for doing that?
0: Well it's 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 sort of that's that's the level playing field. You know, I, I think like I mean, obviously there's certain things that people of of great means have access to that others don't. But I think we all share the same need for celebration and enjoyment and obviously having a good drink and, and those things don't have to be, you know, like a two thousand dollar glass of cognac or anything like that. You know, a lot of a lot of the great drinks that are to be had are are relatively inexpensive. And, you know, just with a little extra effort, you know, you can be, you can be drinking just as well as anyone. And so to be able to do those things, I think, you know, in the last year, a lot of people have had extra time to, to sort of hone in on, you know, certain passions for drinking food. You know, it's just the one thing that we can all share that we all have in common. So it's sort of easy to kind of communicate or have relatable experiences when it's something that that we have in common.
1: Do you think that there's anything in common between what you do as a mixologist is that what i should call you a mixologist or what do you call yourself yeah you can call
0: me that call me whatever you like some people some people some people people call me a professional bartender some people call me a mixologist or a beverage professional um i wear a lot of different hats but this is one of my specialties
1: so is there anything in common between being a beverage professional and being a musician when you were working with t-pain did you notice any uh common ground that you shared
0: yeah well it was actually pretty easy for me um, because I also have a musical background. I, I was a former uh, jazz drummer and uh, played a little bit of music when I moved to new york and uh, music has always played a very big role in my life, even throughout like the highest points in my career as a beverage professional and I was most recently managing partner of the Django at the Roxy Hotel, which is an iconic jazz club in downtown Manhattan. so for the past few years, in addition to you know all of my my work in beverage and hospitality, I sort of brought back my music background into my fold over the last four years. And so I've actually been pushing this agenda of, you know, music and beverage and cocktails for quite some time. And, you know, finally this, uh, this opportunity came along. And so it was more than, um, more than a natural fit for me.
1: Oh, wow! I was going to ask if you're musical, but you answered my question that that actually <laughs> <laughs> that sounds almost too perfect. So as we talk about being at home, as you mentioned and and mixing our own drinks, earlier you said that there are some general guidelines. So what are sort of the general guidelines for making your own drinks?
0: So you know some of these things definitely don't have to be done, but these are some of the extra touches that take it from being a good cocktail to just an amazing cocktail and a lot of it just has to do with having fresh ingredients. You know, if you can, if you have the time, if you have the means, if you have the tools, making your own fresh citrus and making syrups is also not too difficult either. A lot of it just has to do with measuring things and heat and water. Um, And we provide all of those instructions throughout the book. So not only does it have recommendations for certain products and Things like that, but we also do give people recipes for you know, some of the specialty syrups that are in there. We make recommendations for things that can be store bought as well for people that might not have the time to go, you know, full throttle. But you know, if somebody is really looking to create something truly special, I think it just really comes down to the quality and time you spend on on the ingredients that you have.
1: Yeah, I, here in Florida, we're very lucky. We can definitely do fresh citrus and a lot of other fresh ingredients. And I'm sure people can in other parts of the country and parts of the world, too. Uh, the book is so funny. Like, yes, yeah, it's useful. it's and- hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> was that you or was that T-Pain or both?
0: Well, he, he definitely is he's, he's definitely a comedian by all means. He's a really funny guy. You know, I think, I think our collaboration in itself is also kind of funny as well. We're, you know, we're kind of opposites in a lot of ways. You know, I'm very, very serious about what I do. And, and a lot of people that know me from my background might might not think that I would go and do something as, as uh, humorous as, as something like this. But I think that there's just something so cool about this, this collaboration in ways. It's kind of like a cultural exchange and we just had a lot of fun with it, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's such a fun read. Even if you're a teetotaler, it's fun to just flip through. There's a line in there about the five most expensive liquor brands I've ever purchased while sober. And then then to your your point of kind of where we can cut corners, there's another one, the best bottom shelf liquor to drink when you're broke or just trying to be polite around broke people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's super fun. Any final recommendations for a Florida specific cocktail, whether we're in Florida or in another part of the world and just kind of want that that beachy Florida feel?
0: Absolutely. Well, obviously I'm on a boat definitely reflects a lot of, uh, a lot of Florida inspiration for sure. And then I kind of freaked out when we we were hanging out, um, doing some videos last month and I was talking about red cup, which like I said, I think is, is the highlight of this, but some of the inspiration actually comes from a cocktail or a, I don't even know we call it a if you call it a cocktail in Florida, but it's a drink that's native to Florida called the Bushwhacker. Are you familiar with it? I am not. Oh wow, yeah, you need to you need to look into this. But really, it's kind of like an ice cream based cocktail um, that that you can find around a lot of uh, dive bars, especially around Tallahassee, where Pain is from. And so we were we were talking about that drink, and there's a couple of drinks that sort of stem from his origin story. And so, like I said, the red cup is, has a little bit to do with that. And then there was another drink. I believe it's at the start of the book called five o'clock. It's sort of a root beer float style cocktail that has like edible gold flakes and bourbon and ice cream and all kinds of stuff. And so anyways, he didn't know how far I was taking it with how, how, how much research I'd back research I had done on him. And, um, anyways, like I said, the Bushwhacker is a, is, is a drink native to Florida and uh, you should definitely check it out, especially to all you listeners in Florida, if you haven't tried it, but, um, yeah, that really blew him away. I thought that was really funny to see his reaction when I told him about like the research that I had done.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, it sounds like I have some research to do in the name of the podcast, so I'll have to get right on that. (laughs) Somebody's got to do it. Well, Maxwell Britton, it has been so much fun talking to you. The book is Can I Mix You a Drink? 50 Cocktails from My Life and Career, co-written with T-Pain. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. It was great to be on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Well, I think Maxwell Britton is a star in his own right. I'm so glad he took the time to speak with me today. Maxwell is the co-author with T-Pain of Can I Mix You a Drink? 50 Cocktails from My Life and Career. And remember, you can win a copy of the book. We've got three to give away. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at The Zest Podcast for details. And in the meantime, you can start enjoying some of those cocktail recipes from the book right now. We've got the recipes for... Red Cup, I'm on a boat, and all I do is win. They're on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Julia Colon, and all I do is win, thanks to our wonderful production team, which includes Andrew Lucas, Chandler Baltham, Mark Hayes, and Lily Tyson. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2021.